people are afraid to like be specific. In a lot of ways, it can be hard. It can be like a little scary to be specific. But if you want your site to show up in local search, you have to tell the humans and the search engines where you service, period, end of story. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you in part by Article. Article is an online-only furniture company offering beautiful modern products that are high quality, stylish, and made to last. For more information, head on over to article.com slash article for trade. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. Hello and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things at Wingnut Social, Darla Jethro Powell. And boy, am I excited by our show today because my very good friend, Nicole Heimer of Glory and Brand is joining us to talk about all things getting traffic to your website. And not just any traffic, not just crappy traffic, but traffic that actually converts quality over quantity in a lot of the cases. But if you want quantity too for different situations, we got you covered. Don't worry about that. But first, before I get into that, a little bit of housekeeping. Wingnut Academy, right around the corner, launching. We're running through it, beta testing it, writing some last stuff, recording some last videos, making sure it is absolutely perfect for you. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out Wingnut Academy for announcements for when that bad boy launches. If you attended our webinar yesterday, May 24th with Nicole Heimer. Thank you so much for joining that absolutely free webinar. I know that you got some incredibly valuable takeaways because she's brilliant, as you're going to see on this podcast episode here today. And this month on June 30th at 11 a.m., Rochelle Plett of RLP Interior Design is going to be covering upholstery, upholstery uncovered, and furniture composition, and why you as an interior designer need to know what's going on underneath that pretty fabric. Is something worth reupholstering? Is it made well? We're going to find out. And she's going to cover value engineering and construction sins. What is going on? This is going to be very educational. You're going to know how to tell the value versus the cheap stuff that you can get at any of the big box stores. And you're going to be able to convey that value to your clients. So be sure to head on over to wingnutsocial.com slash webinar. That's single webinar probably should be webinars, right? But it isn't. It's a webinar to sign up for notifications for that bad boy and uh, get in there on that webinar. And if you've missed any of them, they are up on the YouTube channel at Wingnut Social. I don't know for how long they're going to be there, but you can go and catch up. All right, that's wingnutsocial.com slash webinar. We'll see you there. That's it for housekeeping at the moment. But y'all know what time it is. Time for mini news, mini news sesh. Yeah. All right. This week, we welcome back Abigail Weidman to the mini news. And once again, we have Instagram news. Abby, what you got? Yep. So it's always Instagram. They just don't stop with these updates. But over the past few weeks, Instagram has been testing this new update pertaining to stories. And what that's going to look like is they're only going to have the first three slides of your stories be displayed. So if you've uploaded a fourth, fifth, and sixth Instagram story slide, your followers are actually going to have to click a teeny tiny little show all button. And it's going to be in the top left corner right underneath your username. And it's really small. So 
you know, you're going to have to encourage your followers, whether verbally or written, to keep viewing your story after that third slide. Ah, what a pain in the... I love posting on Darla Powell Home. I post my little memes and my stories, and I love that. And sometimes there's a lot. So I'm going to have to start saying, okay, if you want to keep seeing these little memes, what a pain in the butt. Going to cause some changes for, you know, social media marketers too, because you're either going to have to cram all of your important information and your links and whatnot into three slides or you know you could also you're like I just said you're gonna have to actually write it out you know click the show all button in the top left to keep learning about my design services or to see more for my vacation to Italy or something like that but it definitely puts a wrench in a lot of people's current story strategies. Is this a you have to click it every time or once someone clicks it once, they'll be like, oh, they, they want to see their stories? No, you have to click it every single time. So they're only going to be able to see the first three. And then you've got to click that teeny, teeny, tiny little white show all button in the top left corner. Is this another of their tricks to get us to look at all the reels and, and to move away from the stories? Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking because reels now make up 20% of the amount of time that users spend on Instagram. And, you know, like we just said, people aren't going to be super enticed to click that show all tab every single time. So I'm going to go with, yes, that was my first thought is that this is just a push to become, you know, just like TikTok. Well, if you want to keep seeing my memes, (laughs) (laughs) click the show show all. all. (laughs) Sorry, you know, it's a little extra work, but it's worth it. I like to curate those daily. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Abigail Weidman, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Man in new sash. Yeah. All right, now let's get into my chat with Nicole Heimer. But first, you know, I have to tell you a little bit about her. So she's a friend of mine. We didn't do an official bio, but I'm just going to tell you that Nicole Heimer has been doing fantastic websites niche to the interior design industry mostly since 2000 and freaking 11. You might recognize her from being the owner of Curio Electro from that little famous website design company. Well, Glory and Brand is a rebrand of that same fabulous business. Nicole has done our Wingnut Social website and she is fabulous to work with. On a personal note, I love her the most. (laughs) All right, let's get into my convo with Nicole Heimer. Hey there, Nicole Heimer. Welcome back to the podcast. How the hell are you? Great, Darla. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I am super excited. So Nicole Heimer, of course, I told the audience all about you and your amazing sauce bio and you were of Curio Electro fame and now you're of glory and brand fame. You specialize in websites for interior designers. And today we're talking all about how to drive traffic to your interior design website in parentheses or something like that. Let's start off. Traffic to your interior design website. I think that we're thinking that's pretty obvious, but I'm thinking that maybe it isn't. What do we mean exactly by traffic? I guess what I would want to stress here is that traffic, you know, it means human beings coming to your website, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean high volume. This is a conversation that you and I had yesterday. Traffic, I mean, honestly, what would we rather have? Like, four people come in one month and all of them become clients because they're also pre-qualified and amazing or 30,000 people who are like looking for DIY tips. So we have to think flexibly as far as like when we're thinking about like getting traffic to the site, it can mean a lot of different things. Good traffic 
not people who don't need our services, people who need the actual services that we provide. So for this podcast, we're going to cover some just getting millions of traffic, but we're talking about getting that Mm -hmm. good qualified traffic that actually means something. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the things that interior designers need to look at in order to help drive that traffic to their website? Let's dig in. We're going to talk about options. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of different options. I think the main thing to the main mindset we have to get into starting this is the thing that everyone has heard a million times, but it's still worth discussing, which is your website will not drive traffic to itself. We can talk about search engine optimization. There are things that you can do on your website to help it rank in search. That is true. Yes. But in general, this is in, you need to take action in order to drive traffic to a website. We've all heard this. If you build it, they won't necessarily come, that whole thing, right? So the first thing that you need to do before we look at all of these lovely options, first, we need to answer some questions. The first question you need to ask yourself Honestly, no matter what kind of traffic source you're looking at is what is my area of service? And by that we mean, is it local, first of all, or is it national? And if it is local, let's get specific. And so let's talk about the local option first. One thing that I come up against when I'm talking to clients sometimes is, you know, I don't want to limit myself. Like, yes, I want clients in this, you know, local area, whatever it is, but I don't want to put people off if they are coming to me with a great project and they're in, you know, Madagascar or whatever. People are afraid to like be specific. In a lot of ways, it can be hard. It can be like a little scary to be specific. But if you want your site to show up in local search, you have to tell the humans and the search engines where you service. Period. End of story. Yeah. Now that can come in different forms depending on where you are. If you're in a city, it can be like really obvious. If you're in a suburb, it might be by county. If you're in, um, you know, it's not going to be by state because no one searches that way. But it really just depends like where you are. We can do keyword research to determine this. But the one thing I say to people is just if you live in the area, just ask yourself if I were searching for like a dentist, what would I plug into Google? Would I go by county? Would I search by town? Would I go by city? Would I search by neighborhood in a huge city? Ask yourself that question. Start with that. And then if we're talking about national, it's a totally different thing. If you're going to try and reach a national audience, then your only real hope of being found through search is to niche, is to have some kind of like, this is the specific thing that we do. Because people are not, you're not looking to be found for like interior designer USA. That's not how people search, of course. Yeah, you're not, unless you are, right? And that's a very good advice. And I will tell you, having just undergone a root canal, that if I were looking for a dentist, I would search dentist who knocks your ass out. (laughs) 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 But that's a really good point. So the majority- niche. It's a niche, right? It is. It really is. So the majority of the audience listening uh, in the interior design architecture space does depend on that local traffic in their local market. It butts in the door. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that's, that's really important advice. And I think the misconception is that they just think, okay, my website's done, it's done beautifully, that's great. I'm just going to sit back and wait for them all to come in. But you do have to make sure that your keywords and your copy on your website and your blogs on your website and you know if you're sharing blogs or doing guest posts or anything do match like interior designer mm-hmm. Miami or knockout dentist <laughs> Miami knockout ass <laughs> down dentist yeah 
whatever type of traffic we're talking about, whether it's social media, you have to know what area you're service, servicing, right? If you're going to get specific to try and reach people, or if we're talking about paid ads, you have to know what area you're servicing, like all of it. You have to know no matter what method, networking, no matter what method you're using. And I will say, we all know that we need a plan to drive traffic. It's just a little overwhelming, I think, a lot of the time. And so it can get sort of just pushed down the road. And there's so many moving parts as well. There's just so many different factors that lead traffic to your website as well, which we're going to dig into a little bit more. So let's talk a little bit more about the local and national thing. So a majority, like I said, it's local based target audience. But what if you are that interior designer who it's maybe I don't want to leave out that Madagascar project, but I would like to have more of a broader reach for my blog to establish an influencer status or maybe my goal one day is to have a you know be on hgtv or or bravo or whatever is there can you do both at the same time is there a strategy for that i mean here's what i would do in that case i would focus on local search engine optimization to really create a stronghold in that area where like your local people who have intent who are like i would like to hire an interior designer right now i have a house it needs a thing those people you want to show up and it's credibility also. And then if you're looking to build a national brand, you really want to focus on the social media option and building an email list, both of those things. Because, I mean, that's how you get in front of those bigger volumes of people. And I was just talking to someone the other day, she was talking about getting book deals and how all of the publishers, they want an email list because they want you to have that control over your audience and they want to be able to market to them directly and not have to worry about algorithms and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I like that as well. Or if you're doing paid ad campaigns or if you're doing Mm -hmm. uh, keyword, you you can absolutely do both, but you have to kind of double your efforts. Like one blog is locally focused. One blog is more nationally focused. You're, You're marketing this campaign on Pinterest versus you're marketing this campaign on Instagram and your local market and geotagging it. Um, That could be a whole other show. Yes, for content, I mean, that you're right, that's a whole other discussion because you can go with two different approaches for your content, one more local focused and one where you're just really looking to rank for like those like high volume traffic driving, get in front of your audience keywords. Even if you are doing some blog posts that are like more high volume that are not going to get in front of your target client locally, that is still beneficial to you because when Google sees that you're getting traffic and people hanging out on your website, it's going to raise your domain authority in their eyes. And then you're more likely to show up in those local searches. There's no harm. It's good. And it's credibility for those local people. I think it depends on your finances, your bandwidth, how much time you have. I do like the idea of really making sure that your local is so freaking strong. Then once that's set up and established in your SEO and it's rolling smoothly, and that might take a year, it might take two years, who knows, you know, on your efforts and who you have handling that. And then launching from that onto a national scale. But some people, some people are thirsty. They want to get out there quick. So get that settled first. Get mm-hmm. that settled first. If that's your bread and butter, focus on that on the local. Yeah, so you can pay for the national campaign. <laughs> right, exactly. I want to I want to backtrack a bit because you had talked about your niche or specificity or you know what mm-hmm. differentiates you. I've, when you and I first met, 
we sat down, we did copy for my website for my design firm at the time. You were like, well, what is it that makes you special? What is it that, that you do differently? And I'm like, hell if I know. I make rooms pretty. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So we have to figure that out. What is the positioning in your value proposition? What differentiates you? What is your advice to the audience on figuring out what that is to hone in for keywords on the services they're offering? The way that we approach it is messaging. And messaging can take the form of an actual, like, niche you know like we do this specific thing we we work with divorced dads or like we do sustainable design or like something that's like classically niche like that or it can be more focused on emphasizing the strengths that you have and helping people to like really believe them and understand them and repeat them to other people and like have that narrative be really strong in their minds what i will say about local versus national is that with local it is less necessary and i mean just honestly hard like if you have a smaller market it's gonna be harder to have a like a really defined niche because you just you literally have a smaller volume if you're in new york city a larger market you can go with a much tighter niche because you have more people to sort of choose from same thing with national you can have a much more defined niche when it comes to the aesthetic that you're creating or something specific like i just mentioned if you are working nationally it is easier and it is more necessary if you're working nationally. People have to be able to, like we always go back to Kelly Wurstler because we both love her and she is a fashion icon. I love her, yes. I've invited her to be on the podcast several times and she keeps blowing me off, but it's okay. Someday. That's okay. It's okay, Kelly. We don't. We still love you. I still love you, Kelly. We still love you. Yep, yep. But like she, you know, she's known for a certain aesthetic. Yes, it varies from project to project, like how she carries that out. But she's known for a very specific aesthetic. And like, that's, that is a niche, you know, that is like, it is what she's known for. Or you could look at someone like Justina Blakeney, who invented Jungalo. And it's like a really definitive style. I mean, she's got books. I have a couple of them about that style and that's something that she's defined and that's the kind of thing that licensing deals like all of that you have to have something that people can like bite off and chew and understand in order Mm -hmm. to have a national sort of presence like that versus a more local designer where it's not as necessary or sometimes as beneficial to get that specific. It's a numbers game. You Mm -hmm. know, when it comes to your local market, you do have to consider the size of your market. And you're like, how many people in uh, Jolly Fat Weehawken or whatever are are gonna, I make that up. I don't know if that's a true true place. Weehawken Um, is a place in New Jersey. Is it? Okay, (laughs) but not Jolly Fat. (laughs) But no, there's no Jolly Fat. (laughs) Are gonna be searching for, you know, Susan McNugget's specialty design, you know, of a population of 100. So that is something to consider. And in that case, in your local market, you wanna have a, a broader appeal, but nationwide, Certainly, of course. And it makes a huge difference. And you had mentioned, I wonder if we know the same interior designer who specializes in divorced dads. We have an actual client who does that. Do you really? We do. She's high end. And in fact, a few of her clients have NDAs, you know, to publish stuff. Being that specifically niched. So um, just as an aside, if you're scared about niching, don't be. Yeah. There are two more questions that I would ask myself if I were thinking about how I wanted to plan out my traffic strategy for my website. And those are, what do I sell? So pretty straightforward, kitchen design, Mm -hmm. interior design. This relates to everything that we were just talking about. You know, what's special? Is there a certain niche? And then what's the current situation? So like, where are we now as opposed to where we want to go? Meaning who's coming to the website and where are they coming from? So Hmm. I'm just going to state the super obvious now and say like install Google Analytics on your site and check acquisition. That is a category of thing that you can look at. Google Analytics is completely overwhelming. But if you go to acquisition, you can see 
you know, where people are coming from. It's divided into categories, social, organic, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You can see how you're doing. Uh, My advice here, and I have learned this from experience, is to set a recurring reminder in your calendar for to check your analytics. I find that with clients and even with ourselves, even with ourselves, with all the talking about this that I do, unless I have a (laughs) recurring calendar reminder for me to check my analytics, you know, things get in the way. So, you know, check it weekly and then organic search. See how you're doing as far as like Google search goes. I can give you two tools. We use Uber Suggest. I know Darla at Wingnut uses Darla at Wingnut. Like I'm talking about you like you're not here. I know that, <laughs> you know, this famous person, Darla, have you heard of her? So I know Wingnut uses um, SEMrush, SEMrush. I'm not sure how to say it. I've never known. We used to use it as well. There are free versions of those things where you can just see like your top 10 keywords that you're ranking for, but even just use the free version and check it out. Like how are people finding us right now? That's such fun information. And you can also spy on your competitors if you are so inclined. I look at it every day. <laughs> I don't need a reminder. I really do. I'm looking at the keywords and how they're growing and how they're ranking. I also tend to look at Uber Suggest much more regularly than Google Analytics because it is like fun. <laughs> it is. That is one I haven't checked out yet. And don't worry, don't uh, if you're out jogging, don't worry about stopping and taking notes. Or if you're uh, if you're if driving you're jogging, this, so I'll be in the show notes. <laughs> good for you, good, you healthy nut. Good for you. Um, yeah. Good, good job. for you. You go. You go. Yes. This will all be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. If you're not showing up in organic search for anything, if Google doesn't have you on the first page or on any page for anything, then just see it as an opportunity. We found, and I'm sure you'll agree, that one of the most effective ways to build rabid fans and audience traffic to your website is in content marketing. Mm. So can you talk a little bit to that angle for both of these markets, local and national, and what that is exactly? Because people might not exactly get what content marketing is or the benefit. Content marketing is creating content that will educate or entertain or demonstrate expertise. Yes, you can put content out on social media. You can push it out that way. But search engine optimization and content marketing are intrinsically linked. I mean, you can it, you can optimize a homepage for something, and you will, and you should. But in the end, your real power in search engine optimization comes from creating content. And... There are different categories of this, but I think if there's one thing that you can take away with search engine optimization, it is that if you want people to find you for a particular search term, you need to create a page that is dedicated to that search term. One page for every search term. Think of it that simply because that's how it works. Search results are answers to a question. And if you're not providing a sturdy robust answer to that question, you're going to have a hard time showing up. So that it doesn't always have to be like a blog post, you know, Um, a major tool that you have as a business for search is location pages or service pages. So it can be that you are answering a question um, through content, through content marketing, where you're, you know, creating an article about something, going to town on it in a way that you can't on, you know, the basic pages of your site. Or if you're like, you know what, we're located in Jolly Fats Weehawken. (laughs) I don't know where I get this. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, if you're located in whatever the name of something Prelude Weehawken is, but you service three towns over, which is like a better target market for you maybe let's say if you optimize your google business page which is one of those like darla talks about it all the time i talk about it all the time it's like the most low-hanging fruit for local search make sure that you really 
get all over your Google business page, do everything that you can on that. That's going to like, you're going to have your actual location on that. So you're going to have an easier time showing up on the map search for the actual town where you're located, let's say. But if you want to show up for other towns, you can create location pages. And that is going to be like something, a page that's optimized for interior designer, that other town. It's an area that you service. You're going to Hmm. have content on that page. You're going to have good calls to action on that page. You're not going to link to that page you know, woo, like really prominent way on your homepage or in your top navigation. We like to use like sort of like subtle secret links because Google wants to see that you're linking to these pages, that they're like real pages. But the purpose of these pages is not for people to find them from your website. It's for them to rank and search. If they're searching on your website, they're not necessarily going to find this. Correct. But if they're searching on the Googles, yes. it's going to pop up in a search. Yes. That's that's genius. Oh, I did not invent it. <laughs> but thank you. Um, <laughs> it's like one of those classic SEO techniques that's been around for a long time and still works. And the reason it still works is because... You can't trick Google. Don't even try. Google is smarter than you. But it's real because you're really answering the question of like, I'm looking for interior design services in said town. Hey, guess what? Here's a page that tells you about how we service this town with interior design services. And then here's some information and messaging. And here's a link to our portfolio. And here's a link. To, here's some images of projects that we've completed in this town. And here are and here's an easy contact, whatever. And here's a testimonial. Love it. This is really just a testimony. I'm thinking as you're explaining this as to why you're just not going to pull up a Wix site and do it yourself. Why that's not really going to get you the ROI. (laughs) You really need somebody that knows all this stuff to do that, put your website together. Yes, it is true. We build location pages a lot. We build them on our custom sites. And then we also we have a semi custom offering and we offer that as an add on a custom page template that we can then uh, work with you to put content on even for the semi custom sites, because it's just such a useful tool for search. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for interior designers listening to this and to go back to used to be called Google My Business. Now it's Google Business Profile. I cannot tell you how many designers that come to us who do not have that whose main flow source of income is their local business, local business traffic. You want a quick win? Yeah. Quick win. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. Very quick win. Just Google, you know, Google business pages and it'll show you immediately how to set that up. If you're new to the show, you might not know that I am an interior designer and I was doing full-time design in Miami, Florida for Darla Powell Interiors before doing Wingnut Social. And I have to tell you, I relied on Article Furniture, article.com for a lot of my projects. Our clients were extremely happy with the quality, the beauty, and the fast shipping and they photographed insanely well. Article is an online-only furniture company offering beautiful modern products that are high quality, stylish, and made to last, and they have pieces at every price point. So if you're doing a little bit of high-low design action there and you need some really stylish pieces delivered on time, believe it or not, they have stuff in stock. I know that's hard to believe in this day and age. Article.com is for you. Consider them a trusted partner, not a vendor. Transparency, deadline support, and full project guidance because Article understands that the design process needs end-to-end support and they deliver that in spades. Article is offering our listeners an exclusive offer when you sign up for the Article for Trade program at article.com slash article for trade, you will get free shipping on your first order. You can't beat that with a stick. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. And did I tell you they have stuff in stock? That's <laughs> so important. Go and sign up today.
Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second to tell you about Wingnut Social. We are a digital marketing agency for the interior designer, architect, to the trade home furnishings, and you guys are all we specialize in. We 100% know how to market you to get you out in front of your ideal client in the digital realm, whether that's full service done for you, social media marketing, or search engine optimization, we are the agency for you. To find out more, go to wingnutsocial.com, check out our services and click that little let's chat button. Let's see how we can help. I have a question for you about video on your website. Are you finding that that's doing as well as blogs or any differently than blogs? How impactful is that? Do you see that changing over the years? I wish I had the stat in front of me, but I read a piece of data just last week and now I can't remember what the number was, but it was something bonkers. It was like, it was like if you have a video embedded on, let's say the top of a blog post, it is I think it was 43 times more likely to rank on the first page. <laughs> Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, somebody. Crazy. Here's a follow-up question to that. So if you have, like, for example, on my website, which you did for us, Wingnut Social, thank you so much, we have where you put in the YouTube link. Like, for example, this podcast will be the link on it. Is that considered embedded in the website, or is it better to put the HTML in there? You want the video to be embedded on the page. So however that is accomplished does not matter. It doesn't matter if it's like a little short code or if it's like embedded with HTML, like it doesn't matter. What matters are two things. Benefits of this include time on page, which so it doesn't matter how it's installed there. So when you have a video on a page, you're going to get much longer time on page. And Google loves that. Yes, they they love time on page. It says, hey, this is a vote for this piece of content. People like it. So time on page and then if you're using youtube of course they own youtube so they just like they want views you know they want to see that you're getting views on your videos from a human perspective you're just providing both ways of receiving the information and that's awesome you know like i mean if you're going to do that you can't just embed a video on the page and like put like one little sentence you need to have the full article there so that you can you can hit hit both ways yeah i already see the website ticking up with time on page and, and and search results as well. So if you have a video, if you have a blog and you write a blog, you know, kitchen design in Miami, but you also do a video and embed that in there, you're just going to get that much more search engine juice to yeah. get found because Google likes to show those little video thumbnails as well, or, or they have a whole video se- section in the thumbnail and the thumb and the search engine results page. Um, that you can rank for that as well. So I think that's incredibly powerful. So I fought being on video forever and I shouldn't have. And now here we're doing it. And I, we, it's like we have to acknowledge the personal growth that has to happen in order yes. to. I know stuff for some people, it's super easy. I've just recently started putting video on Instagram and I had to like get over it. And like I enjoy talking in front of live audiences and I always have. But video really like I had to like, whew, like get over some kind of something. It's worth it, though, to kind of push yourself because the benefits are huge. They really are. Yeah, I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but we have uh, one account that we work with and they had 4,000 followers in November. And I, I want to say they have 34 or 35,000 followers now. Oh and it's because God. they're actually, I know, <laughs> it's because they're actually taking the strategy that we created for them. They're like ideal, ideal client. They're the perfect like student. And they're doing a ton of video and everything that we recommend. And of course, we're putting it out there in front of their ideal clients they've had a couple things go viral and share but video is yeah you're going to be surprised so if you're out there and um, you're still kind of skittish about getting on video do a few of them because it definitely will help you to be a scene visible and impact that bottom line you said there's some pros and cons you want to dig into that 
So when it comes to search engine optimization and to a certain extent content marketing, depending on the type of content that we're talking about, um, but particularly with local search engine optimization, the big thing, the reason why I tend to lean on focusing on that first I usually would prioritize local search engine optimization over other methods of traffic because because of in- intent because of the thing I mentioned before when people are you know as opposed to like social media to a certain extent billboards super bowl ads like anything intent there's intent like someone is searching potentially depending on what you're ranking for for interior designer blank and if they're doing that it means they're like serious so it's really beneficial in that way. Cons of it are that it is not everything. It can't be everything to you, right? So whereas social media, you can like really build rapport and like nurture and and build a relationship and or email marketing or some of the other options that we're going to talk about, you can really like be the only one that they're going to look at. If you're getting all of your traffic through local search engine optimization, potentially, if that's your only traffic source, this is the first time they're seeing you. And you're going to have to really, all the heavy lifting of like helping you to stand out and your messaging and all of that is going to be on your website um, as opposed to like, you know, really nurturing the relationship. All righty, cool. So this next part about building traffic to your website is more quality over quantity. And it was kind of surprising that you um, included this in here. But now after, you know, of course it isn't because it makes perfect sense. You're talking about good old fashioned handshaking. Well, are we shaking hands anymore? Networking, real life carbon based life form networking. Tell me your thoughts there. Don't sleep on purposeful strategic networking. In our brand discovery process, we talk with our clients' clients as part of that process. So I, over the years, have spoken with many ideal target clients of interior designers. And one of the questions we ask is like, how did you find Susie McNuggets? As you would expect, we get a lot of referral. They were in this whatever. We get some local search. We get some found you on Instagram. But the big chunk The thing that they remember, it's the human interaction. It's the relationship building. And then those other things are going to like nurture it. And speaking of content marketing, my very favorite, social media. We cannot leave that out. That's really important. I can't tell you how many um, of our clients are getting increased traffic to their website from Instagram. We go into the aforementioned Google Analytics, walk, don't run, get that. And we can see the percentage of increase to traffic to your website. So let's touch on that a bit in the interest of Wingnut Social. Listen, like we said, if you want national and just because you're serving locally doesn't mean you don't want to build a larger audience and you know just keep your pipeline full you know you want to you want to have as many um, leads as possible pros of social nurture 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 like it's when you can get in front of someone in that way day in and day out it is it is building a relationship at scale i mean you cannot underestimate the power of that it's fantastic cons no, con- there's none. No, no. <laughs> none. This is the only one that has none. Cons, no control over the algorithm, really. You can yep. you can do your best, but you really, you don't own it. I would say lack of intent because people are generally spending time on social, you know, being there and then you're just sort of like putting yourself in front of them. But Darla and I were talking about this and she brought up the point that she searches and I have heard this from a few clients' clients. It's a small percentage, but I have heard them say that they searched on Instagram. So it is it is becoming a little more search engine-ish, right? Right. We are getting that a lot, actually. And to your point, it's terrific for a national 
campaign. You want to you want to be an influencer, you want to be an affiliate, you want to build that following, that that gravitas and get on TV, but it's also really good for local traffic because in the way that you can write your captions and your hashtags and geotagging for a local search and we have clients that are getting found because more and more people, especially younger people, you know, who are only just growing up, getting older and getting more money are searching in interior designer Miami, mm-hmm. interior designer Baltimore, and you can optimize your account in such a way to be found for that on a local level. Yeah. And that's happening more and more and we can go in and see the direct messaging when we respond to our clients for people getting those direct messages as well. And like I said, increase website visits. So social is a really good way to integrate both of those strategies if your goal is to do all the things or just to do it local as well. So I love it. You know, I love social media. We were talking about Waddell and Bichetti, who's... um what are they in Pennsylvania, who's a very successful design firm, and I think for the first three or four years, they just did social. Now, that's not ideal. You want to have a, a delicious website like you can build for it. But yeah, it, it can be very impactful as well. So thank you for mentioning that. I think social is a terrific way to start that funnel. It's a good reminder of why you need to know your where your location is. Uh, yes, exactly. If you're doing video to get found on the YouTubes and on the, on the Googles, video is just as impactful on social as well and it's a way to build those relationships and that that know like and trust yeah you do have to be careful where you're putting your efforts meaning if you're selling interior design services something like pinterest might seem very splashy and glamorous in that you can drive a lot of traffic using pinterest like you can really if we're talking raw numbers you can be like very excited by like oh my god look at all these people coming to my website because like this thing went viral on pinterest about whatever but it's potentially not the right traffic for you to actually get clients. And it might be very bouncy traffic where it just, they hit the website and then they leave. And Google sees that because it is all knowing and it might hurt your rankings because Google will see that page as being less valuable. So if you're selling stuff, if you are selling furnishings, if you are selling accessories, if if you have e-commerce going on, then yes, Pinterest might be something that you wanna look at. But if you're service-based, you know, test it, but be careful. Look at your bounce rates. For us, the holy trifecta um, led by Instagram, of course, for our industry is uh, Instagram. Facebook and LinkedIn are kind of tied. LinkedIn is growing for sure, especially among commercial designers, but that's where your you know professionals are who can afford it. Okay, so the penultimate category here is email marketing. So I'm leading traffic to your website. Give me your expertise here. You own that list. It is the best. You want instant traffic to your website today at 10.30 a.m.? You can make that happen if you have an email list. You can send them all. I mean, it's like, it's really good. It's really cost effective. Like all the numbers, which are not industry specific. No one has studied it industry specific numbers as far as I know. But in general, it's like you get like $42 back for every $1 that you spend on email marketing. Or, you know, like that's like the standard like thing that people say. Because it's really inexpensive to do whether you are paying someone to do it or having someone on your team work on it or just getting a copywriter in, it's it's relatively inexpensive. Cons, you have to build the email list or there's no one to email. <laughs> That's the hard part. It was fun until we brought that up. The people who do email marketing in a serious way will have a bazillion different ways onto their list over the years. That's just, yeah. I mean, I can't even tell you how many ways onto our list we've done over the like live speaking engagements um quiz this that what like all these different things i always am talking about interactive lead magnets like quizzes and calculators and that stuff because that is still still 
few years in, yeah. still what's working yep. best, we have one on the Wingnut site, right? And it's like... Yes, we do. Yeah. That's the challenge is building it. But don't forget that even if you have like 100 people on your list, if they are engaged, that's 100 human beings. That's cool. Don't not appreciate them. One more thing I would say about email is one more con is a perceived con, which is that everyone hates email and that everyone hates getting emails in their inbox and nobody wants them. And yep, right. Darla is pointing to herself for those who are listening to this on a podcast version audio. But here's my thought on that, at least for myself and for pretty much anyone I ask, there's at least like one or two emails that you receive and you might have to like see them come into your inbox to remember what they are that you're like oh yeah I actually want that like that actually does like educate me in some way like I do open those I may not open every single one of them but I like those emails because email lest we forget you can get super creative you can make them funny you can make them entertaining you can give really good information you can make them beautiful you have all the options to be creative as creative as you want so I think it's an opportunity. Last but certainly not least, and definitely speaking to quality over quantity, is networking. Networking to build traffic to your website. What the hell, Nicole? What are we thinking here? Um, I'm so sorry, Darla. It's not exciting volume-wise as far as like big numbers, but... The fact is that even a few people coming to your website, if they are the, the right people qualified leads, I mean, that's what you really want. And what we found is, you know, we talk to our clients' clients every time we do a brand discovery. So we've been doing that for, you know, 10 years or something like that. And um, so we've talked to a lot of clients' clients and asked them questions like, where did you find this designer? How did you first hear about them every time? And yes, a good percentage of them are as you would expect, referral, knew them from this thing, met them at this place, right? And then it's, it's, I would say it's growing the percentage of people who are coming from local search and, you know, search them on Instagram to your point, like all of that, there's a percentage of that. Pros, pre-qualified, relationships built, rapport built. I mean, it's quality over quantity. Cons, this is deeply unscalable. <laughs> <laughs> Deeply. Right. Deeply it is, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's only one of you and so many hours yeah, in a day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. This is why we want to do more than one thing, right? Like we can't, for the people who are like, this is your only source of traffic to your website. And I know that you're out there, right? Because so many people that we talk to, like it's referral only. It's not a great only source, but it is a good source. So we want to think about doing it on purpose and really thinking about it. So, you know, ask yourself, my target client, this is why we do these personas. Like, who is this person? What do they like doing? What do they do for fun? You know, simple stuff like that. I've known designers who've built entire businesses off of joining the Junior League or political organizations, if that's, you know, on whatever, in whatever category, wherever your target client is. Art organizations, um, like anything like that, any interests. I mean, like, what does your client like to do? Wine, this, that, whatever. Think about what they like to do. Think about where they're Mm -hmm. located. Hopefully you have some mutual interest because we don't want this to be weird. (laughs) But think about doing these things. It's kind of like moving to a new town and trying to make friends or like trying to like find a boyfriend or something. Like, just get out and do things. Yeah, just get out there. Just get out there. I really love this. And actually, in-person networking, of course, we all miss it because of COVID. And it slowly seems to be creeping back. But you can do this on social media as well. When if you, all those same tips, you're like, think of your your client avatar and where do they go? Where do they hang out? What do they do? And if you follow those accounts, 
and start engaging and just putting your brand out there. Um, that's something you can do. And you said it's not scalable, and it isn't. This isn't scalable, but a lesser way to do this and to make people feel they know you again is going back to the video and making sure that you have those videos. And it's not networking in person per se, but people will come to you, come to your design firm, say, oh my gosh, I feel like I know you. There's some of that element there to, to pick up on what you'd said before for a video. Nicole Heimer. Is there anything that uh, we've forgotten to uh, say before we get into the what up wingnut round that you think will help the audience? When you're thinking about these things, when you're deciding how you want to prioritize, you want to think about, are you targeting local or national and be realistic about like, you know, these are two very different strategies as far as what you want to focus on. So think about it, local or national. Do I want to establish myself locally first, for example, and then Ask yourself how you can double down on your content, because if you'll notice, as we were having this conversation, there were things that came up over and over again in different categories like video. So if you're creating a video, if you're creating any kind of content, you'll be able to use that to nurture your email list, any kind of content, written content, video content. If you put a video into an email, it's going to have between a 50% and 300% higher click-through rate than if you didn't put a video screenshot in your email, depending on who you ask. I've seen both um, both stats in different places. So just think about how you can take one piece of content and use it for as many of these different traffic channels as possible. It's just gonna make it more realistic. I love the synergy. I love how it's all intertwined and everything helps each other. And just to, to do it all together and to do it well is, is kind of difficult to achieve, which is, of course, if you're out there and you're doing interior design, if you don't have the bandwidth, you don't have the time for that, you need to hire someone like Nicole Heimer of Glory and Brand, or even your favorite, Wingnut Social, for marketing, um, just because it, it can be overwhelming. You can see there's a lot of moving parts. But hopefully that the, these tips have been helpful to you, and at least getting you to look at your website in a different way and, and set up your goals there. Nicole Heimer, now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I'm ready. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? It would be a thing that comes up in conversations for me and in my brain all the time, which is yes and, which is an improv thing. <laughs> now, I don't do improv. I don't do improv. Just put that out there. I don't have the talent mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. But it's this concept of taking the thing, whatever's in front of you, and saying yes and and running with it and taking it one step further. It's just a thing that I've noticed like every person I want to hang out with a lot oh, is a yes and person, a person who takes the conversation thread and is like, okay, let's talk about this weird thing a lot and for a long time. Um, <laughs> like Darla is a total yes and person, um, but it applies to branding oh, for sure. You. you know, like, oh, we're going to like do this. Yes. And what else can we do? How can we take it further? I just love it. All right, you're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your favorite food forever. What's it going to be? That is going to be uh, bread pudding. It's the first thing that came to mind. Okay. <laughs> Why do you look disgusted? I know it's hot out on this desert <laughs> island. That's a good point, if that's what you're thinking. Um, but yeah, I just love bread pudding so much, like so much. Not the kind with raisins in it, but maybe like a chocolate bread pudding or like something with like caramel oh. in it. It has eggs in it for protein which is nice. Okay. And, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see it. You lost me at no raisins though. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or in business. I am wondering if this one has come up before. I would be willing to bet that it has, but The E-Myth or The E-Myth Revisited. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So good one. that one really impacted me. 
in a big way when I read it. I've sent it to clients. Like, I love that book. Um, and then in a similar vein, Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz, famous for Profit First, also obviously excellent. Like, that's a thing that we do. Profit First is awesome. But he has other books, too. And Clockwork is um, excellent. And it's about, like, structuring your business, so that, you know, getting things off of your plate. I love it. I just did a, an episode with Dala Alfuerus, oh, um, and we did all a Profit First. She's lovely. Isn't she lovely? If you guys haven't heard that episode, go over to wingnutsocial.com slash podcast and check that out. You're going to love her. And, and don't forget to check out the YouTube channel so you can see how lovely she is. <laughs> Nicole Heimer, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you and Glory and Brand, and we will call it a day. Wonderful. They can go to gloryandbrand.com. Also, Instagram, at gloryandbrand. Thank you for joining me again, my friend. You have a beautiful day. How fun is Nicole Heimer? She is just a good time. I had the best time yesterday with her on the webinar as well. Just so full of knowledge. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're just starting your business or if you're in your business for a while, or even if you're an expert and been in your business for 10 years, you think your website, you know, needs some help. Don't just go on Fiverr and hire somebody who, you know, doesn't really know what they're doing, doesn't have a complete discovery process, or isn't as knowledgeable as someone like Nicole Heimer of Glory and Brand. You're just going to end up wasting money. I'll tell you, I made that mistake. I actually had my website done by someone who wasn't Nicole Heimer for the design firm and ended up, um, you know, spending a lot more money than I needed to with some, you know, less than ideal workings. If I had gone to Nicole in the very beginning, I would have saved uh, a lot of money and mistakes and do-overs. So, you can just hear the level of her expertise in her interview here and how she can help with things that you wouldn't. Of course, you're not going to think of. You're not a website designer or an SEO expert. So she has you covered. So make sure you go and check her out at gloryandbrand.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Nicole Freakingheimer, my good friend. And have fun in Disney. I'm sorry I won't be there. That's it for this week, guys. Make sure to check out Wingnut Academy, wingnutsocial.com. And remember, get out there, get uncomfortable, which I sure do, and be great. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. Did I tell you that Shell and I are talking about having a kid? Yes. I thought about it this morning. I'm like, when that kid's 15, I'll be 70. Whew. It's so cute. You came to the basketball game with your grandma. And your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That is what I say, though. <laughs> it's just easy to forget things when you're with your friend. Yeah, I know. I have another one, too. It like a regular person? Like a real person. <laughs> a real person. Did you do the onboarding questionnaire thing? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually what happens. Yeah. In the audience, we have interior designers who maybe just be doing, just be doing, <laughs> it's already starting, <laughs> who maybe just be doing things in design space. <laughs> Good boy, Mango.